0: Hey, this is Annie Gauss for Silicon Valley Beat. Thanks for tuning in. Snap, the parent company of Snapchat, has been getting hit with a lot of criticism lately for failing to live up to hype. The company went public early this year, and last week their stock tanked owing to skepticism about Snap's long-term revenue potential and ability to continue to attract new users. Well, now they've announced a deal with Time Warner to bring more original content to their platform. This content is described by Nick Bell, who's a VP there, as, quote, another exciting step as we continue to branch out into new genres, including scripted dramas, comedies, daily news shows, documentaries, and beyond. The companies also said that this programming would grow to three original shows per day on the ephemeral messaging platform. These are, by the way, three to five minute shows exclusively on Snap, and they already do do some of these. Anyway, the deal is supposedly worth about $100 million and Snap is keeping 50% of ad revenue from these shows. But Snap is also just the latest to get in on this huge rush of original content that's happening on new media platforms and content more broadly. Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube are just a few of the companies spending a lot of money right now on acquiring or creating content. And more and more people are saying that cable just isn't worth it anymore and these companies are competing to attract your eyeballs. What does it all mean? More and more choices for the cord cutters among us and people who might be willing to sever ties soon with their traditional cable providers. Our listener, Chris, from the Popcorn Finance channel is one of those cord cutters. And here's what it finally took for him to cut the cord and why that trend is likely to continue. Thanks for calling in, Chris. Hi, this is Chris, I was just calling in about your story on a la carte TV, and I have to agree that that was one of the things that frustrated me and made me cut the cord about five years ago, was the fact that I had to pay a ton of money just for a few channels that I actually didn't care about. And it kind of feels like that's the trend, that's the way I hear more and more people going. Uh, the more frustrated that people get with their bills, uh, the more likely they are to drop it and pick up you know, all the other alternatives that are out there. There's so many options now than were not there when I cut the cord five years ago, that it makes it a lot easier. And uh, you have to do a lot fewer shady things to get things that you want to watch now uh, than you did years ago. So uh, thanks and enjoyed the the, uh, post. It's well known that Silicon Valley has a pretty major problem with housing. And when companies grow, Where are their employees supposed to live when it's already so bad? It's one of the most controversial issues here, and lately, some big companies have been taking matters into their own hands when it comes to housing. Now, Alphabet is reportedly building prefab housing for its employees. According to the Wall Street Journal, they're spending 30 million to help bring modular housing near to their campus for 300 of their employees. This modular housing will be built by a company called Factory OS, which is a modular home startup, and Alphabet is buying the units from them and shipping them to the Bay Area. The apartments will cost money, but the idea is that the rents will be lower than the market rate for other apartments in the area for Alphabet employees. What do you think about this? Would you want to live in company housing, or is that too much Alphabet? time for you, potentially. Let me know your thoughts in a call-in, would love to hear. In the meantime, employees of companies like Facebook and Twitter have complained that even with high salaries that come with many tech jobs, housing is just too tight and too expensive. Facebook has also pledged to build 1,500 units of housing for both employees and the general public nearby to its own campus. So all of this touches on a related question that we talked about recently on the channel, which is this. Are offices still even necessary when so many of us are working in the cloud for at least a lot of the time? Automatic, for example, the company behind WordPress made some headlines lately for completely eliminating its San Francisco office in favor of remote work. On the other side of the coin, Ex-Yahoo! CEO Marissa Meyer once got a whole lot of flack a couple years ago for cracking down on remote work and requiring that employees come in. So what's better? What's the right balance? I asked you guys what you thought about this. And here's a call-in from Chizome on the pluses and minuses of office life. Thanks for the call-in.
1: Hi there. So for me, this is kind of like, I don't know, in a sense that I do love having a physical office and I also do like the idea of working remotely. But here's the thing though I think for the most part of the week, a physical office is nice because it makes you responsible. It keeps you on your feet. Like, you know, you have to be somewhere at like nine o'clock in the morning and you need to get ready to go there. But if I was working remotely, I'm going to be like, uh let me just hit the snooze button a few more times i will get the job done eventually and then you know you find yourself rushing to get stuff done because there's nothing really um holding you accountable in in the sense of the word but again working in a physical office you get on time you get stuff done it's work but i like the idea of having um the opportunity to work remotely from time to time
0: Hey, it's Chris from Sydney, Australia. How are you going? Thank you for the welcome to your channel. I appreciate it. Uh, Because I'm so far away, I'm a world away from Silicon Valley, um, I have trouble finding resources or accurate resources or uh, just great resources on what's happening in the tech world there. And I was wondering what your suggestions were for finding out the best and the latest in news who are able to distribute that news quickly to us so we can keep up to date uh, immediately. Uh, Any advice would help, and I'd really appreciate uh, an answer. Thank you, and keep up the good work. Hey, Chris, thanks for the call in about where to get news on Silicon Valley when you're in Australia. And assuming you're already subscribed to this station, hint, hint, I'm more than happy to share with you some of my personal favorite sites and resources for tech reporting that I go to frequently, if not multiple times a day. Now, I've been a tech reporter for a few years, and the first site I tend to compulsively check all the time is Tech Meme, which is an aggregator of tech stories from all kinds of news sources and blog posts and random trade pubs as well. Pretty good as a one-stop shop to scan all the news really quickly. As for other resources, I read and like a whole range of sites, but it depends on what kind of information you're looking for. For example, on um, context for investments, I often look at CB Insights for research on where money is going, plus their news- newsletter is pretty entertaining. Granted, the scope is not limited to just Silicon Valley, but given that the large majority of venture capital Action is here by proxy, it is a good perspective on what's happening around SF in the Valley in terms of startup investment. And then there's TechCrunch and its relative crunch base, both great for reporting on startups and general company information within tech and beyond. For interesting and fun new products, I have the Product Hunt Chrome extension. They also do send out news alerts for big stories in tech, so that's a useful one. For tech slash business reporting, I think Bloomberg, Recode, Wall Street Journal are all great. There's many others that I could go on and on about. You'll probably find me referencing those in particular for reporting a lot on this channel if you happen to read the notes. And if you want to dig into some more forums, Hacker News is a forum for Y Combinator, and that's pretty popular. It's a mix of news and kind of Silicon Valley insider-ish chatter from a lot of people who work in the industry. And of course, there's Twitter. It never hurts to follow the CEOs and other execs at the companies you're interested in following, because if there's a significant announcement, chances are they'll be posting it there too. Again, just a few that jumped to mind immediately. I hope that's what you're looking for. I hope that helps. Thank you again for taking the time to call in. And for all of you listening, hope you'll fave the station for more tech news and updates as fast as I personally can get them up. This is Annie Gauss. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening.